Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax Products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. How would you like to live in a world where kitchen floors were always clean and sparkling and never had to be washed or cleaned? Well, I'm afraid I can't promise you anything quite as nice as that, but I can come mighty close to it. Just protect your linoleum and other floors with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. First off, you'll notice how very brightly your linoleum shines, how fresh and gay its colors are. Then you'll find that with regular glow coat care, you can keep up this bright wax-polished beauty with practically no work at all. When you spill something or when muddy feet track in dirt, you simply wipe the floor with a damp cloth, and right away it's clean again. What happens is that Johnson's glow coat forms a tough wax coating, which keeps dirt away from the surface of the floor. Of course, there's no rubbing or buffing with glow coat. In 20 minutes, it's ready to walk on. And all that shine, believe me, it's really bright. Try it, won't you? Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. When a man starts pacing the floor, kicking the footstools, and twiddling with the window curtains, it's a wise wife who hands him his hat and his bowling ball. As long as they're in the alleys, they're off the streets, says Mrs. McGee of Fibber McGee and Molly. Come on, McGee, go and bowl. You're making me nervous pacing up and down like that. No bowling tonight, kiddo. Bowling alley's all tied up with the tournament. <laughs> well, then go down to the Elks Club and play cribbage like you did last week. Only this time be sure there's no poker chips in the cuff of your trousers when you get home. The Elks Club is being redecorated. Well, for goodness sakes, do something. Read something. Take a walk. Play solitary. <laughs> I can't play solitary. Every time I start, I interrupt myself to do card tricks. <laughs> I know how all of them are done, and it just bores me. Oh, dear. Well, look, sweetheart, you're in a difficult mood tonight. What do you want to do, go to a movie? Mm. As long as you're in such a lather, why don't we go see The Razor's Edge? <laughs> That's at The Princess and the Popcorn is better at the Bijou. <laughs> Furthermore, I don't see... Doggone it, listen to that doorbell. Visitors, visitors, visitors. Man tries to spend a quiet evening at home with his wife, and what happens? Nothing that any smart radio listener can't figure out in advance. <laughs> Come in. Well, for it's the little oh, girl from across sure. the street, Mom. Hi, Teeny. Hi, Mr. McGee. Hi, Miss McGee. Hello, Teeny. What's on your mind, sis? Well, my mom and my daddy are at a bridge party tonight, and Mama told me I could stay with Aunt Minnie, but I don't like Aunt Minnie. <laughs> you don't, eh? She all hmm? I says you don't, eh? Don't what? Like her. Who? Aunt Minnie. I know it. <laughs> she treats me like I was a little girl. Well, you are a little girl, aren't you? <laughs> 
Sure, but intelligent adults realize that talking down to children is psychologically wrong, I bet you. Hmm. Well, that is well now you just stay right here with us, dear. <clears throat> now, uh, <clears throat> would you like to lie down and take a nap until your father and mother call for you? Uh, McGee, show Teeny into the guest room while I get her some warm milk and cookies. Okay. Oh, gee, thanks, Miss McGee. You're awful nice to little children. Now, come on, Teeny. In here. Okay. Now, take your shoes off and crawl under this afghan. Okay. That's it. Tell yeah. me a story, mister, will you please, will you? Hmm? Tell me. <laughs> well, okay, sis. Here's a book I've had since I was a little girl, or a little boy. <laughs> I'll read you one out of this. Once upon a time... Oh. <laughs> Boy, they sure wrote those things with a rubber stamp, didn't they, mister? <laughs> once upon a time, once upon a time, once upon a time. Well, that's just tradition, sis. Now be quiet and listen. Okay. Okay. Once upon a time in a little dell... What's a dell? That's a kind of a shady nook in the woods where, where green things grow. You mean like dell pickles? <laughs> That's exactly what I had in mind. Now, quit interrupting. Okay. Okay. Now, once upon a time in a little dell by an old smithy... Pardon me for interrupting mm -hmm. again, mister, but what's a smithy? A smithy is a, is a blacksmith shop, sis. That's where they put shoes on horses. Oh. <laughs> What's the matter? Oh. Shoes on horses. Huh? Oh. Come on, mister. Let's quit kidding around and have a story. <laughs> okay. Once upon a time in a little dell by a smithy, there lived a big white hare. Hmm? Hare, sis. That means a rabbit. Oh. One day, this hare was walking along the turnpike. What's a turnpike? That's a road, sis. Oh. As the little hare walked down the turnpike past a chemist shop... A what, mister? A drugstore. Oh. He was walking down the turnpike past the chemist shop when all of a sudden he saw a sixpence lying in the road. Oh. So he... What's a sixpence, mister? Mm. What is that? A sixpence is money. Oh. And just as he picked up the sixpence, a troll stuck his head over a turnstile... What's and... a troll oh. and what's a turnstile? <laughs> A troll is a... It, a turnstile is a... Oh, for the... Why don't somebody write some fairy stories in English? <laughs> Trolls, hares, turnpikes, sixpence. How can any American kid ever... Hey, hey, teeny. Hey, teeny. Teeny. Hmm, my gosh, I put her to sleep. <laughs> Billy Mills in the orchestra and serenade to a wealthy widow.
you asleep, McGee? I think so. I put the afghan over her. Incidentally, why do they call those things afghans? Well, it's a corruption of half again, dearie. Huh? Because when you knit one, it's always, it always takes half again as much yarn as you thought it would. Oh, oh I see. I've always wondered what the... Uh... Come in! Shh, shh, huh? shh. Oh, uh, come in. It's Mr. Wimple, not so loud. There's a little girl asleep in the guest room there, Wimp. Take it easy. Sure. Okay, folks. <laughs> Is it some relative, Mr. McGee? No, it isn't, Mr. Wimple. It's the little girl girl from across the street. Her parents are at a bridge party. Oh, I used to play bridge quite a bit. <laughs> Everybody says they ought to call my game George Washington Bridge. Yeah? It's so revolutionary. <laughs> but I don't play much anymore since Sweetie Face hurt her foot. Sweetie Face, that's my big old wife. Hurt her foot how, Mr. Wimple? Well, I got tired of having her kick me on the shins under the table... So I stuck some thumbtacks through my garters, and when she kicked me the next time with her open-toed shoes on, you should have heard her scream. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it was prettier than the Moonlight Sonata. I'll bet you answered for that little monk of hunky business, Wimp. Oh, I really did, Mr. McGee. She took me out on the balcony and said... Did you do that on purpose, Wallace? And I said, yes, dear, but I'm sorry. And she said, oh, that's all right, dear, and took me in her arms. Oh, wasn't that sweet of her? No. (laughs) Hey? No. She took me in her arms, walked over to the edge of the balcony, and dropped me off. (laughs) Heavenly days, how high was it? Six floors. Wow. Fortunately, I landed on the doorman. Maybe you know him, Mr. McGee. He's the one at the Ritz Vista Hotel. They call him Shorty now. Uh, Mr. Wimple, is that black eye you've got a leftover from that little episode? (laughs) No, Mrs. McGee. I just got that this afternoon. Sweetie Face hit me because my punctuation was bad. Punctuation? You writing a letter or something? No, I was sitting at the window with my bird book. Your, uh... Your what, Mr. Wimple? My bird book. (laughs) And I saw a black crow in a tree, and I pointed it out to Sweetie Face and said, My, just look at that, old crow. (laughs) Well, I guess I better be going. Good night, folks. McGee, I wonder how Teeny's parents ever let her come over here. We don't even know them, you know. No, but they know she comes over here a lot, and we like her. Maybe she just came over here and all... Hey, uh, Mr. McGee, what time is it? What time is it? Hmm. About half past, sis. Did we wake you up with our talking? Oh, no, you didn't wake me up, I bet mm-hmm. you. <laughs> I'm a very light sleeper anyway. Hmm. You are, eh? I, uh, huh? I says you are, eh? I what? A light sleeper. Sure. I only weigh 46 pounds. <laughs> Well, you go right ahead and talk, Mr. McGee and Miss McGee. You won't bother me in there. No, you won't bother me at all. I wonder what she wanted the correct time for. She isn't going anyplace. Well, you know how children are, dearie. Anything for a diversion. Yeah. At that age, they consider sleep a dreadful waste of time. Oh, not me. I love sleep. You know how long it took me to get to sleep last night? About four hours. Oh, nonsense. Huh? Do you know what your first words were this morning? No. What did I say? You said the milkman? I did? Yes. 
And the last thing you said last night was, did you leave a note for? <laughs> you slept eight and a half hours in the middle of that sentence. What do you know? I'd have sworn I counted sheep until daybreak. <laughs> Thought I'd gone to sleep by sheer willpower. That just goes to show what the power Hello, is... Molly. Hello, pal. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Lower your voice to a scream, Junior. There's a kid trying to sleep in the guest room. Oh, really? Got house guests? No, the little girl from across the street. Her folks are at a bridge party tonight, and she... Hey, uh, Mr. McGee, what time is it, please? My gosh, aren't you asleep yet, sis? Well, it's just exactly 20 minutes to, teeny. Now paddle your little corpus back to bed, kid. Okay, mister, but wouldn't it uh, be polite to introduce me to your good-looking friend? Huh? She means me. Oh, I'm sorry, Teeny. Mr. Wilcox, this is Teeny. Teeny, Mr. Harlow Wilcox. I'm very glad to meet you, Teeny. Oh, likewise, I bet you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, are you the Mr. Wilcox that sells Johnson's Wax? Hmm? Uh, yes, he is, Teeny. Now go on, get back into oh, bed. Oh, let her stay up, pal. Let her oh. stay up. Uh, you know about Johnson's Wax, Teeny? I'll say I do, I bet you. My mama said when she got married to my daddy that she set up housekeeping on two Maxfield Parish pictures, a pickle dish, and a can of Johnson's Wax. <laughs> she did, eh? Yes, huh? I said she did, eh? Did what? Set up housekeeping with two Maxfield Parish pictures, a pickle dish, and, and a... a can of Johnson's Wax. <laughs> That's what I said. That's what she said. Well, your mother's a good housekeeper, apparently, Teeny. Oh, sure she is, I betcha. She says when she married my daddy, her mother told her three things. Mm, what were they, Teeny? She said, never, never speak to a husband until he's had his breakfast coffee. Mm -hmm. She says a man getting up is like a jalopy on a cold morning. <laughs> you gotta prime him, crank him, and jump back. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, wise woman, your grandmother. Sure. She also said that if she had a maid to have her use Johnson's wax on the floors and furniture and woodwork. Aha. And the third thing? If she didn't furniture and woodwork, she'd do it herself. She says any housekeeper with pride in the appearance of her house is, hey, what time is it now, Mr. McGee? Huh? Huh? Oh, uh, it's about two minutes past the time you got two minutes ago, sis. Mm, thank you. Well... <laughs> Anytime you're going to the circus or a picture show or anything, Mr. Wilcox, call me up. <laughs> I'm available. <laughs> Good night. Well, that was a great sales talk you dished out there, Waxy. You stood there like a box of bubble bath in a lumber camp. <laughs> you let the kid do all the work. Well, doggone it, that little girl was so cute. A kid advice to brides. You know what I'm going to do? What? Go home. <laughs> Might as well go home His week's work is done <laughs> Hey, why don't that kid take a nap? My gosh, she's as sleepless as a lower berth over a flat wheel <laughs> Oh, she'll go to sleep Children her age drop off very easily, you know Come in <laughs> They didn't hear you Come in Rabbit, but come in quietly. <laughs> oh, for goodness sakes, it's Mayor Latrip. Good evening, Your Honor. Good evening, Molly. Hello, McGee. Hi, political. How's everything down in that marble ballot box with the flag on it? <laughs> 
If you are referring to the city hall, my friend, everything is going very well, thank you. Thank you. The city is in the best shape fiscally that it has been in for many years. Well, isn't that wonderful? It's great stuff, Latrib, as far as it goes. But you can't throw dust in my eyes with that technical stuff. The real issue is, how is the city stacking up financially? Well, I was uh, just... Dearie, uh, for your information and to save you future embarrassment, uh, fiscal and financial are the same thing. Oh, I don't know if they are. <laughs> I took fiscal culture in high school, but it wasn't financial. <laughs> As a matter of fact, after I paid for my sweatshirts and basketball shoes... Uh, pardon me, McGee. Huh? That was physical culture, not fiscal. F-I-S-C-A-L, fiscal, refers to things monetary. Just the same, buying basketball shoes at six fifty-five. dollars Well, that... why did you wait till so late to buy them? What do you mean, so late? Well, uh, I think the mayor means as late as six fifty-five, McGee. After all, making a shoe store stay open after 6 o'clock was just so you could buy basketball shoes. Why, that... But I didn't keep any store open. I just said I... Do you thought... think they stay open till 6.55 just because they like to sit on those little stools? <laughs> Certainly not. I didn't say they kept open till 6.55. I said my basketball shoes... But, were... uh, darling, huh? you could just as well have bought them the next day. 6.55 is almost 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, and if those clerks had families and homes... That to rather, to... when I said 6.55, I didn't mean the time. I meant the price was 6.55. You understand? Certainly. Good. But 655 is still not a large enough transaction to keep a shoe clerk from his dinner. I didn't keep any shoe clerks from his dinner. I don't even remember when I bought my basketball shoes. The time doesn't mean 60 for 55 that that was the price. I might even have bought them in the morning. At 655 in the morning, oh. heavenly. <laughs> Dearie, do you mean you got those people out of bed that early just so you could buy them? No, no, I didn't. I didn't get anybody out of basket bed, uh, basket ship all. <laughs> 655 perks for store coopers. Uh, look, look, when I said no, I... No, no, no. Take it easy, McGee. Give it a chance. Relax. <laughs> well, my gosh, when Good I said... Good heavens. You were just a boy then, dearie. Boys are naturally thoughtless. They don't stop to think that a man selling shoes is a human being like the rest of us. But I tell you, I didn't do anything to any shoe clerks. I was merely the price of the clerks. Of the shoes with the basket, I mean the shoes... By the way, how much did you pay for the basketball shoes? I've been trying to tell you for 15 minutes. It was six fifty-five. A.M. or P.M.? <laughs> Late in the afternoon. I mean, it was early in the morning. I don't know what time it was. All I was the price was there, I know I mean. <laughs> I mean, all I can remember, I forget. <laughs> I, I mean, the basketballs, the, the clerk shooters, I mean, the scooters. You said that there wasn't any hiding to do about you. McGee? That's you. Huh? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mr. Trivia? Yes? I'll never forgive you for this, making me yell at my wife like that. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's all right, dearie. It gave you a nice, healthy color. Yes, McGee, a little physical exertion like that is quite beneficial. What's so physical about my exertion? It didn't cost me a nickel to exert my fiscal. I didn't say... <laughs> Not fiscal, dearie. Huh? He said... He said physical. Oh. 
You see, fiscal refers to a... Uh... Oh, are you leaving, Mr. Mayor? Yes. Yes, this is where I came in. Good day. <laughs> Kingsmen sing Managua, Nicaragua. Managua, Nicaragua is a beautiful town. You buy a hacienda for a few pesos down. You give it to the lady that you're trying to win. But her old man doesn't let you come in. Managua, Nicaragua is a heavenly place. You ask a senorita for a little embrace. She answers you, caramba, scramba, bambarito. In Managua, Nicaragua, that to means no. I have been to many tropic ports. Olé! I might include even Brooklyn. Oleo, if you're ever feeling out of sorts, ole, I recommend you take a look in. At least you ought to sneak a little peek at Managua, Nicaragua for a visit to stop. You buy a big sombrero from a neighborhood shop, and then the girls will follow you like in a parade. That's because they want to walk in the shade. When it's delightful in spring You meet the senorita and you buy her a ring But when you ask to marry her then you are denied She would rather be a handsome bullfighter's bride You feast upon the enchilada all the day long Provided that your stomach is across the ship So take a trip and on a ship for sailing away Across the Agua to see Managua Across the Agua to Managua, Nicaragua Olé! We ought to call up Teeny's parents and make sure they know where she is. Where are you going to call them? If they're out playing bridge someplace, we don't know the number unless she could tell us herself. And maybe hey, uh, Mr. McGee, what time is it? What? Again? It's about three minutes to the hour, Teeny. Why do you ask, Teeny? Well, uh, <laughs> there's a little porkable radio in the guest room, and I wondered if you'd let me turn it on. Would you? Would you mind? Would you? Hmm? Oh, I don't know why not, Teeny. Well, if it'll help you go to sleep, dear, go right ahead. Just find some nice, soft music and tune it down low. Yeah. Want me to tell you another story, sis? No, 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 mister. <laughs> I'll just listen to the little Parkable Radio. Thank you, anyway. <laughs> Parkable Radio, isn't that cute? Natural mistake. It squeals like a pig. And <laughs> it's a hog with the light bill. I never saw a radio set. Come in. Oh, it's Dr. Gamble. Come in, doctor. Thank you, Molly. Hello, beanbag. <laughs> Hi, second guesser. Any grave mistakes today? <laughs> Considering the source of that question, Mudhead, I... Say, do I going some radio going somewhere? You hear a radio, but it's not going anywhere. <laughs> Just sitting on the guest room table. The little girl across the street is spending the evening with us, Doctor, while her parents are out playing cards. Look in on her if you want to. You might drum up a fast game of patty cake, butcher's man. <laughs> oh, thank you, my boy I've got to run along now I've got an operation scheduled for tonight An and... operation tonight, doctor? Is it an emergency? Oh, not exactly, Molly Stop by to tell you about it, as a matter of fact You see, I'm performing a lobotomy A on... what, doctor? A lobotomy Who performed yours? <laughs> Mine? Yeah 
From where I'm standing, you got about the little... Well, McGee! <laughs> Mrs. McGee, if I ever have your little marital mistake there open for any reason, my dear, remind <laughs> me to remove most of that gall of which he has enough for a poke in the nose. <laughs> I was about to say that I'm demonstrating a new technique for chest surgery tonight, and they're going to take movies of me operating. No kidding, Doc. Oh, that's wonderful, Doctor. Just imagine, McGee, Dr. Gamble in pictures. Yeah. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you won the anatomy award? <laughs> Boy, oh boy, will he be hard to get along with now, Molly. Can't you just see him mugging at the camera? <laughs> what are they going to call the picture, Doc? Ham slices man? <laughs> no, no, but seriously, my boy, I wish you'd drop over later on. You can help me. I can? Oh, I'd love to, Doc. Yes, if the applause is as big as I think it'll be, I'd like to use you for an encore. Oh, good night. <laughs> you know, McGee, I'll bet Doc Gamble will be very... Hey. What's that? Sounds like it comes from the guest room. Heavenly days, McGee. We better look in there. For the last time, Ratface, will you tell us where the Gladstone... Persuade him, Snarly. It'll be a pleasure. I can see. Persuade him, Snarly. It'll be a pleasure, Chief. Here. Oh! Oh! oh. oh. Hey, sis. That's a pretty bloodthirsty program for quiet, a little bit. Quiet, quiet. Shh. It's almost over. Oh. Okay. Okay. I'll talk. I hit the Emerald... Oh! oh. Tonight's episode of Bloodbath Incorporated. Tune in again next week and see how Ace Bodkin, the Chicago Shamus, trails the killers of. Oh, boy, was that ever wonderful. Well, thanks ever so much, Mr. McGee and Miss McGee. I guess I better go home now. Go home, but maybe your folks aren't home yet. Oh, they didn't go anyplace, mister. What? Didn't you tell us they were out playing bridge somewhere, Teeny? Sure I did, I bet you. They're playing at our house. <laughs> you mean... Well, then why'd you come over here in the first place? Well, I wanted to hear that radio program, Bloodbath Incorporated. What? Oh, Carimony, when Snarly stuck that shiv in the rat face's innards, I thought... Hey, hey, hey. You mean you came over here just to listen to that radio program? Sure I did, I betcha. <laughs> they won't let me listen to it at home. I see. Well, we wouldn't have let you listen to it here either if we'd known it. That's no good for kids. You subterfuged us. You took oh. advantage. Oh, well, gee, I'm sorry you feel that way about it, kids. Look. Uh-oh. Looks like I gotta find a new place every week. Where's my little coat and my little mittens? Oh, here they are. Well, thanks for everything, Miss McGee and Mr. McGee. Good night now. Have you any of the new blonde or other light-colored furniture? It's certainly attractive, but fingerprints and dirt do tend to show up on it, don't they? Well, to help you solve this problem, the makers of Johnson's Wax have developed a special furniture polish called Johnson's Cream Wax, and believe me, it's wonderful. It's a creamy white liquid, and in addition to genuine wax, it contains two active cleansing ingredients which do an amazing cleaning job. Just apply, apply a little Johnson's Cream Wax to any of your light-colored furniture, all your furniture for that matter, and notice how quickly and easily dirt and fingerprints disappear. Then, with just a light polishing, see Hilly, so wax gives a smooth, satiny wax luster that's really beautiful. And dry, not oily, so dust and dirt won't stick to it. Of course, this makes your housework much easier. Try Johnson's Cream Wax on your light wood woodwork and white kitchen equipment, too. You'll like it. McGee, 
I hope Teeny's parents weren't mad at her for being here when they thought she was at her Aunt Minnie's. She called up after she got home, said her folks dished out a terrific beating. Oh, it's... no, McGee, a beating? Yeah, to the other couple at Bridge. Oh. <laughs> said they were so happy about it, they just kissed her. Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is NBC, the National Broad Company.